Hello, friends. Welcome to another podcast. My name is Dr. Jason Wiggins, and I am your Gen Z and millennial expert. I hope everybody's having a great Wednesday, middle of the week, hump day. Hope this day has been awesome for you. It has been a nice, busy day for me as usual. So it was a great day all in all. Welcome. Today's date is March 17th. So happy St. Patrick's Day to all of you. And I hope I hope you'll have a safe and enjoyable uh, night or afternoon, wherever you may be, and enjoy uh, cabbage and, and whatnot for however you decide you want to celebrate your St. Patrick's Day. Uh, so welcome. Today's episode is, I believe, it's 121. It's also the day for, I like to call it Stimulus Day. And when I say stimulus day, this is where the majority of people are getting their STEMI checks or their stimulus across the United States, uh, for which most people, it's around $1,400, which includes Gen Z and millennials. I believe everybody that pretty much makes less than $150,000 uh, for a household, and I think it's $75,000 for individual so everybody, and if you follow along those parameters, you are enjoying some extra money. Thank you to uh, the pandemic and the government and, and the assistance they're providing. Uh, but that's, that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about finances. We're going to talk about specifically Gen Z and millennials and, and how, how we're handling finances uh, within a, a pandemic, a pre-pandemic, and a post-pandemic. Uh, Gen Z and millennials have a variety of ways they find financial security in uncertain times. And as you know, we are in a almost getting toward the tail end of a pandemic. But this COVID-19 recession has posed financial challenges to Gen Z and millennials in particular but especially the younger generations who often are more financially vulnerable than older consumers. Why? Because they're in the service sector that where basically individuals uh, are helping others and working within the restaurant and other atmospheres where uh, it's, it's definitely, it's a consumer they don't need to go with. They don't have to go and go to restaurants. They don't have to go to entertainment. And that's typically what Gen Z's uh, and some millennials are, are a part of. So that's where the insecurity, or excuse me, uncertain times and insecure uh, options with our funds. So financial institutions can help by leveraging the power of three different options. One is embracing digital payments peer comparison, and empowering young people to address their debt. And again, addressing your debt is making sure that you understand what your debt is, how you got there, and devising a plan how you're going to uh, pay that debt off. The other day we talked about settling our debts. Well, that's more so about the debt of society. This is more about our overall 
financial debt. So while the pandemic has touched all our lives, as I mentioned, young people have been particularly hit hard financially. About one in three millennials and members of Gen Z say that COVID-19 has had a very negative or extreme negative impact on their financial security. But this crisis is also an opportunity for these consumers. Think about this. It is the time for them to take a hard look at the spending, the savings, and the overall investing patterns and establish new habits that will allow them to get through the pandemic and to build a strong financial foundation for the future. This is a great opportunity during a very difficult and trying time. But the crisis, you know, is the financial institutions want to help the younger generation may have to change their usual approach. And this is what we just talked about. Uh, these groups, which are obviously Gen Z and millennials, are tech savvy and peer aware, while they also prioritize transparency and expect personalized solutions. And now financial professionals are beginning to come up with innovative uh, tools and overall strategies that will help them, help Gen Z and millennials uh, through these difficult times, uh, paying off debt and recognizing the debt they do have. As we mentioned, there are three uh, examples of support that can be provided to millennials and Gen Z. Uh, number one, number one is a very good one. And it's very different. It's not just value the dollar. It's about embracing digital payments. Young people prior to the pandemic were already embracing new forms of payment. Uh, with the majority of Gen Z adults are using digital wallets, as you know, or Apple Pay and Google Pay. And then one that I was recently familiar with uh, is the person-to-person -person digital payments, uh, PayPal, Zelle, and Venmo. And Venmo is one that I actually uh, had somebody pay me the other day for something I was selling. It, it, so that's how I learned about Venmo. Of course, I used PayPal and, and Zelle in the past, which is usually a, a money transfer from one bank to another. The pandemic has accelerated the use of digital payments. Uh, Two-thirds of millennials and nearly six in 10, I believe it was, Gen Z adults say they have used digital payments more frequently since the pandemic began in the uh, middle of March of 2020. And this pattern will likely continue as of a lot of the, well, a small amount of Gen Z and millennials plan, plan to continue to use these payments in a post-COVID-19 world. And digital wallet users across the globe are expected to nearly double within the next couple of years. Uh, these apps and services also allow users, and this is key, 
Uh, they allow them to be able to track their purchases with ease. Think about credit card and a debit card from a bank. They also provide the same ability. Uh, but more importantly, these apps will record spending patterns over time. So you can identify patterns of where you can save money, where you spent money where you didn't need to. Uh, with more transparency, uh, it also comes with concerns of uh, security, of course. So millennials and Gen Z have to be careful to make sure that the payments are just as secure as they are coming from a bank. Millennials and, and Gen Z also uh, understand that the capabilities are things that are going to continue to move forward. Uh, they'll be, become more transparent. They'll become more secure as time goes on. Because the reality is, is Gen Z and millennials want to embrace that digital payment option, but they want to make sure that security is the top priority. Uh, and that means less fees, and they want to make sure the speed and user experience is also appropriate. Uh, number two is leveraging the power of positive peer comparison. Millennials come into the age with social media. Uh, Facebook, consider Facebook was the fact of life when Gen Z entered their early adolescent years. So there's another thing. Keeping tabs on what their peers are up to is a common. That's really important for Gen Z and millennials because this habit isn't compare, uh, of comparison isn't necessarily a bad thing because there's benchmarking uh, can be one way to, to try to increase savings and sharing good financial habits. So that is if your peers are having proper and good financial habits, that will also likely uh, be absorbed by you as a good friend. Uh, I believe also some financial service providers are even incorporating uh, a finance-focused feed apps that also facilitate positive peer comparison. Think about this. If everybody else is building up a rainy day fund, I suppose I should too, right? Again, that's where positive peer impact is very helpful. Positive peer impacts uh, appreciates the hyper-personalized information. The one thing about Gen Z and millennials, they love the newest technology because this newest technology tracks the spending that goes into the account uh, rather than sorting purchases into broad buckets Users of these apps can now track their spending across over like 500 highly specified categories, which is really interesting because it lets you know exactly how the breakdown goes when it comes to spending your money. Uh, this shift doesn't allow for better, more information. It also enables useful comparisons users can dive into the data that's most relevant to them. So they can determine how much you're spending on certain things. So if you're in a food delivery service and you buy X amount of food per month, you want to find out how much money you're spending on a food delivery service in comparison to somebody else. And you can even do it on the financial means of 
what you make in comparison to somebody that makes similar monies. And number three, number three is an important one. Empower Gen Z and millennials to address debt. The pandemic has been challenging. We know that. Student loan debt has doubled in the last 20 years uh, when the oldest millennials were entering college. I believe it's estimated now that borrows, borrows between, I think, the mid-20s to the mid-30s have nearly half of a trillion dollars in outstanding student loans. Uh, Gen Z and millennials also have higher rates of uh, checking account overdrafts, uh, unpaid medical debt, and late mortgage payments. And this is only getting worse with the pandemic providing extra financial pressure. What does it mean? It means more important than ever for young individuals, Gen Z and millennials, to manage their financial obligations so they can meet their future goals, so they can have a family, so they can have a home, uh, so they can get out of their parents' wings. And that's another thing is uh, most millennials and Gen Zs have a very optimistic approach that over, I think it's over 50% believe that their parents will help support them or they have an exa exaggerated amount of how much their parents can help them. So that is a concern as well. So the three things we mentioned again are very important. You want to be able to leverage that power of positive peer comparison, embrace the digital payments, and empower Gen Z and millennials to address the debt. And there's a lot of ways to address the debt. We've talked about it before. Uh, one of it's a snowball effect. Pay off the smallest credit card. It doesn't necessarily have to be the lowest or highest interest rate. And many financial gurus have a different approach on this. But I've done this before and it worked for me. And it was basically pay off the lowest credit card first, regardless of the interest then pay off the second amount, uh, the, the highest. And now you've knocked over, you've knocked off two credit cards that have two minimum payments balances. So think about this. If you're just paying the minimum payments on all your credit cards, and then, you know, you, you knock off a couple minimum payments, and now you can snowball effect that money into the next credit card. And now you can start measuring those credit cards and determining if the balances are similar start paying off the higher interest credit cards. But the snowball effect, the whole point of it is to be able to have more money to throw on the next card. So once you pay off the next card, you have more money until finally you're done. I've been there. I've done this. Back in 2010, I had $30,000 in debt. And I was making about, oh, more, boy, I think it was $50,000 a year. And then what did I do? I found a job that paid more money. I moved into the, the hood, the ghetto, the ghetto, the, the east side of San Diego, whatever you want to call it. But I was making, I basically lived in a box so I could pay off my debt that I had. And it worked. It improved my credit score. It uh, it got, it took away all my credit card debt, my, my, uh, my vehicle Monthly payments was also paid off. So these were very helpful to get me on the right path 
to where I could be able to start saving money. And then again, sometimes you have to change your job. You have to get a second job. You have to find ways to invest. And here's another thing about financial security. Be careful for what you invest in. Uh, we talked about digital payments. There's also another digital form. It's And that's stocks. Basically, digital stocks. That's your Bitcoin, your crypto coins. And those are very speculative markets. You got to be very careful of them. Uh, but I can tell you that uh, Bitcoin has gone up dramatically to like $60,000 a coin. Now, I still think it's very speculative and I think it could crash at any moment. So I do think it's a high risk, high reward option. But again, that's where the rich get richer. That's a, you have a disposable money you want to throw uh, down back. You know, that that's up to you. A lot of uh, a lot of individuals that have money, they're, they're willing to play with a little bit of money. But most of us, the majority of us, and 95% of us don't have that money, kind of money to play with. So again, let's keep optimistic during the pandemic. Keep moving forward. Utilize these tips on how, you know, use your peers, use your digital payments to, uh, to be able to be accountable for what you spend and, and, and tackle that debt. And by you doing that, you're gonna be, you're gonna be financially free. You're gonna have less pressure. You're gonna be able to think about other things and always thinking about I'm in debt. What am I gonna do? How can things get better? As Gen Z and millennials, yes, it's difficult times. You've had some uh, some issues of being able to get out in the job market during this time, uh, or you've had your you've had your jobs, uh, you know, suffering or you've had numerous breaks where the government allowed you to work, not allow you to work, or whatever it may have been. But now, post-COVID, it's your time to shine. It's your time to tackle the debt. It's your time to pay off the student loans, negotiate better interest rates, uh, you know, do what you have to do, but don't let it fester. Don't let the interest build up on your student loans without tackling it. Don't have overdraft charges. Find ways to tackle your financial issues. Uh, there is no shame in it. It's okay to ask for help. It's okay to ask for guidance. So that is one way that you can help yourself overall. Uh, so today, if you're getting a stimulus check, congratulations. Be smart with it. Uh, you Utilize it to pay off some bills. Uh, maybe take a small amount to buy yourself a little something uh, for all your hard work. Uh, and most of all, enjoy St. Patrick's Day today, but be safe, be responsible, and, uh, you know, as always, take care of yourself, take care of your family, take care of your friends, and be safe. So I want to thank everybody for your listenership. As always, you guys are, are, are wonderful. I, I love the emails and the feedback I get. Uh, it's awesome, and I hope you continue to listen. If you have any ideas or anything you'd like to share to the show, any comments, feel free to email me at jason at jwigginsconsulting.com or reach us through our uh, website, which is genzandmillennialexpert.com. So if it's in the morning, afternoon, or night, be safe, take care, and we'll talk to you tomorrow. Bye-bye.